0: Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B podcast. I'm Alex from X-Growth. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures, or as we like to call them, hard-learned lessons. If you enjoy the episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and share the pod with a friend you think could get value out of it. And of course, make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. That's enough from me though, let's dive right in.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth and today I'm talking to Bev Burgess, Founder and Managing Principal at Inflection Group and Senior Advisor at ITSMA about what should ABM practitioners focus on today, the trends in the ABM space and what is in store for ABM in the new future. Now I am super excited for this conversation. For those who might not know, uh, Bev, who is the person who pretty much coined the term account-based marketing back in 2003, so there is going to be a lot of insight that we're gonna she's gonna drop in this uh, in this episode. So make sure you listen all the way. On that note, Bev, thanks for joining us and uh, thanks for being here.
2: Thanks, Shaheen. I'm really excited to be here with you.
1: Same here. Same here, Bev. And look, I've I've read, I've read your books and I've taken a lot of inspiration and, and a lot of insights from them. So I really, really appreciate it. And I know, you know, in 2017, you wrote A Practitioner's Guide to ABM. And the first question that I want to ask you is since writing that in 2017, I mean, there's a lot has changed. I mean, even COVID aside, uh, ABM space has matured quite a lot. What, what has changed since then?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And obviously, you know, the the pandemic has had a huge impact. Uh, So we should talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, But but lots of other things have changed as well. So, you know, when we first started looking at ABM, people tended to do one type of ABM uh, and most often it was one to one ABM. So, you know, creating a a plan just for one account. What's happened since 2017 when, you know, one to few ABM or ABM Lite And programmatic ABM, so marketing to a whole group of companies, those were around, but people weren't blending them. Uh, And what what we've seen since 2017 is people tend to have a blended strategy now. Uh, And actually, the edges are blurring between that blended strategy of different types of ABM and the way that you do other marketing, whether it's industry marketing or marketing for particular solutions or to particular personas. So there's some blending and blurring are probably the two words I'd use here. And obviously, the technology that's available. So you've got platforms like Demandbase, Six Sense. You've got specialist uh, tech like Follows, uh, Path Factory. And people are building their own tech. So SAP and HP and IBM, they've got fantastic technology now to give them insights in their accounts, which has allowed people to scale their programs. So we're seeing lots of people driving global ABM. There's an explosion in ABM in Asia Pacific going on right now. That wasn't happening in 2017, so it's it's really exciting. And I think through the pandemic, people have doubled down on account-based marketing principles, and they've doubled down on their existing customers and making sure that they got through the pandemic. And they're you know they're still surviving and thriving coming out of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's really fascinating. And you mentioned Asia Pacific. I you know I I feel like. Asia-Pacific is a, is a perfect place for, for, for ABM and, uh, and one should wonder why it took this long for it to, uh, to get here because it's just there are so many small pockets of companies or small pockets of culture, let's call it, that you can't just generally brush them the same same paint. So it's it's really fascinating to see. What are you seeing from the APAC? You know, you, you talked about it's, it's exploding from, from the Asia-Pacific part. What are you seeing from your side, you know, being in, in, in the UK?
2: Well, I'm seeing a lot of demand for training and I'm seeing a lot of demand for consulting um, from teams in APAC or from global teams working with colleagues in APAC and, and trying to figure out how much How much do we standardise our approach around the world? How much do we need to flex it across the APAC region? And I, I actually think it, it's you know we have it in EMEA. We have a, a huge range of cultures and languages and and but but so does APAC, and I think APAC is even more complex um, culturally as well. So so there's a lot of head scratching going on right now of how do we do ABM across APAC? How do we blend it? What's the right approach in different countries? And, and also, how do we flex our, you know, if we're building asset templates or that sort of thing, what do we need to build so that everybody across APAC can leverage what we have? Or indeed, how do we capture some of the innovation that happens in the countries in APAC and, and take it across the region and across the world? So those kinds of conversations are going on right now.
1: Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, in 2000, I think 2020, you published your, the second book, which was uh, which is about executive engagement. Why? Why that focus? Why all of a sudden that became one of the one of the areas that you started focusing uh, in that book?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, and and I think it, it came about a couple of years earlier. So after the ABM book came out, I was having conversations with ABM program leaders who were saying, you know, the, the programs are good, but we still need to help our account managers engage at a more senior level, engage executives in these accounts. Uh, We're boxed in in accounts, you know, we're getting across accounts, but we're not always getting up to the more senior decision makers. And I started to notice that some of these programme leaders were given executive engagement opportunities, let's call it that, initiatives. challenges, you know, and and they were asked to run that as well as ABM alongside their ABM program. So I did some more research on it. I've been involved in it for years, uh, engaging with executives, running things that drive conversations at a more senior level and start to build those relationships. So I was interested in how people were bringing those programs together. Uh, And if you think about it, when you're dealing with executives, they have access to budget. So that's not a problem. They can accelerate um, sales cycles because they just want to get stuff done. But also they, they help to shape what you're offering so that it's right for their business. Uh, and they're much more kind of willing to do that. So, you know, three good reasons to engage executives in the accounts that matter the most, I think.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I was surprised the first time that that I came across that and I was like, you know, isn't isn't ABM executive engagement? and uh what what would you say what what would how would you answer that you know what what are the differences between the two an account based approach and executive engagement
2: mm. yeah that that is a great question i think some of it comes down to the fact that the executives in your customer accounts want to meet the executives in your business and so if every single account is making claims on the same executives in your business to go out and build relationships with you know, the customers, that can get a bit chaotic. It it happens all over the place. I mean, it happens already because account managers request time with, you know, the CEO or the local VP or whatever it might be. But I think what most people are trying to do is is be more intentional about that and to, to think about, well, how do we map our executives with the customer executives that matter most? How do we give them opportunities to engage with those executives around topics that matter to the customers? So we've got to have done our you know, research and everything, rather than calling on them to tell them about the next release of the software or whatever. It, it's, a, it's a business discussion at a very senior level. So it takes some preparation, it takes some managing and orchestrating. And I think often there is the same kind of investment decision as there is in ABM or account management, which accounts do we want our executives to spend their time in? Really, I mean, all customers are important, but but obviously some customers are more important than others, uh, and and so it's it, I think it's about being intentional um, with with that executive engagement time.
1: Right. I mean, it sounds like and correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like it's a it's a another level of personalization and customization for an account. Like you are doing account based strategy for one, but then you want to add, as you said, you you. You might be doing ABM for for at a one to one basis, but you want to even take it one level further, and uh, you have a executive engagement strategy for that. Is that is that correct? Would you say that's that's right?
2: It, 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 that's exactly right. And then I think if you step back from that and you say, right, we've got fifty strategic accounts, we want an exec relationship with. So we need to. We, they're in our ABM program. They're in our key account management program, uh, and now we want to make sure that we have a sensible, orchestrated executive relationship with them as well. But you may have other accounts in your ABM program. There may be, I don't know, 150 in the one-to few level, or you know, 2,000 in the uh, one-to many level. They probably won't get the same executive engagement. We still need to think about how do we get some kind of exec relationship going in the accounts that you think you know could become the big customers of your future so so there's different ways of engaging uh, you know there's the one to one sit down and have a meeting you know which is obviously the most powerful thing you can do with your exec and and um, your customer exec but there's other things like vip customer events where where you're bringing executives together to peer network um, and to meet your executive team so diff- different ways for different types of abm account i think
1: i see I see. Let's let's flip this and look at the other end of the spectrum. One of the things that and when I say other side of the spectrum is that we said ABM account account engagement is is one level beyond that or or one level deeper. Let's go let's go the other way. One of the things that that you say is there's a difference between ABM and marketing to an account. What is the difference, Beth?
2: <laughs> that's that's a good question. Yeah. So ABM or M2A And actually, I should say, I'm not saying that marketing to accounts is wrong. I'm just saying it's not account-based marketing. So there are four principles we talk about with account-based marketing. Uh, One is that you're really deeply partnering with sales. So you're working. If if you think about marketing and sales working as a a business development value chain, they're working together to, to grow the business. That is account based marketing. If, if you don't have that kind of partnership with sales and it's more of a campaign that's just going out, you're throwing leads over the wall, I would say that's marketing to accounts. You know, so there, there's one difference. Second principle is that everything's based on insight. So you're starting with the accounts and what's going on in the accounts, what the stakeholders are doing, what their issues are. And you can do that at scale with using technology. But, but if you're not doing that, if you're not doing your, that thinking and you're just saying, oh, well, we've got a cybersecurity solution, we're going to just take it out to every chief security officer across the utility sector. That's not account based marketing. That's just understanding who your solution is, is aimed at and, and sort of putting some industry spin on it. So, again, that's marketing to accounts or it's industry marketing. And then I think the third principle is around tailoring. So really customizing what you're doing, even customizing your value proposition for an account and a stakeholder in that account. Uh, and, you know, you, again, you can do a bit of that with um, technology and that's getting better all the time. But but some people don't do that. And they're just taking out a standard set of messages with, you know, dear Shaheen, rather than, you know, just, just a general call to action. So th- that isn't really account-based marketing. And I think the fourth principle and the final kind of difference is we talk about account-based marketing, building your reputation in an account, really building relationships in the account, strengthening relationships, and also then driving revenue. So, you know, bigger deals, faster closing, you know, higher profits, all that sort of stuff. And, And I think if you are running a campaign and you're marketing to a group of accounts that you've put together, and it's all about generating leads... Then again, that for me is not account-based marketing. So I think it's 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 overarching. It's about a mindset. You know, it's account-based or it's based on you and what you want to sell. And that's a really easy way to think about it.
1: Yeah, I I, I like that. Those those four components. I I have two questions that uh, that com- that came up when you were explaining that. First one is is for the first component, the sales and marketing uh collaboration side and i i have to admit first when you know when i was starting in this space i was like yeah that sounds great that sounds like the fluffy stuff you know getting getting alignment and all that stuff and the first campaign that 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 we ran it just fell apart it fell apart because we didn't have that and i was like okay i take it back there's definitely some 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 work that needs to happen there how do you address the component around kpis So, because one of the challenges is a lot of organizations are are demand gen focused, where you just like you said, marketing has certain responsibilities to to generate uh, revenue. So the pipeline revenue generation is, is tied to marketing. And when you start to introduce ABM in an organization, they're like, yeah, we understand that it's a collaborative effort and it's marketing and sales, but they come back and say yeah, look, this campaign that we're doing, there's a lot of stuff that that Sale is doing. What are we going to claim? How are we going to say we're contributing to this? And cool, you know, we can maybe talk a little bit about attribution and show that there's connections here. How do you answer that to a head of marketing who is who traditionally used to say, yes, this is a lead that we brought in. It closed. We're going to take credit for that. Now they're like, hey, we ran an event and they came to it. And we've influenced it. How do you how do you approach that?
2: Well, it's different in every company, which which you know doesn't help you because the answer is really it depends. Uh, <laughs> but but I think this gets to the change in mindset, uh, and this is why you know we talk about ABM revolutionising B two B marketing because you know he, heads of sales who are getting a bunch of leads from marketing are generally quite annoyed about that process. Uh, and I, one one VP of sales actually swore. Uh, about (laughs) how unhelpful, you know, the raft of leads coming from marketing every week was. And I think that's been broken a long time. So my advice would be just step back, think about what you're trying to do as a business and align with, you know, are you trying to grow wallet share and existing customers or are you trying to win net new logos? ABM might not be the answer. It might not be the right marketing strategy. It might be a different approach you need to take. If it is the answer you will be more successful if you sit down with heads of sales heads of customer success delivery whoever is involved and talk about well okay what are we trying to achieve with these accounts and how will we measure it as a team it's a team sport it's it's not a well marketing you did that bit sales you had that one meeting what did you get out of that meeting how did it influence the closing of the deal you know you, you don't talk about sales in that way and i think we need to kind of grow up a bit and look at the look at this as a team sport and not not an excuse to hit marketing over the head
1: for not building leads that's that's i I like that it 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 sounds like we're moving from a game of for example tennis to a game of soccer where where yeah, you can't just turn and say, "Hey, this person did all the work." It really, it's the collective of a team. Do you think there is going to be a merger in organizations that really practice ABM? There's going to be a merger of 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 sales and marketing, and there there it's not going to be sales and marketing. It's just going to be one one entity. You think that's going to? You might see that in some of the organizations. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, there's been a, a kind of always, always on question of do we have sales and marketing separately? Do they report to one person? Is it the head of sales? Is it the chief revenue officer? How do we do that? And and even if you get that reporting line into one person, what tends to happen is you have two separate teams, even down to two separate operations teams, for example. And I think what ABM is doing is driving those teams together. So I think we could see that. It may not be for the whole organisation, it may be just around specific accounts. And I'm working with a global professional service firm at the moment who is looking at the account management and the um, ABM team as one team for its most important clients. So I think we are seeing the start of that.
1: I love that. I love that. Bev, I want to ask you another question, and that's related to the last point that you said in terms of the KPIs. And when I was reading your book, when it comes to reputation, which is one of the three Rs that, that you say, the, the um, uh, relationship, reputation, revenue. In reputation, one of the metrics that you recommend organizations look at is the percentage of preference in that account. And when I read that, I was like, how do you measure that? How do you go about and uh, and and put a number to that? I, I'm super curious of of how how you go about uh, looking at that at that kPI
2: sure. Uh, and and this is it's a traditional brand um tracking approach. So in the past, people have said, uh, we're going to track spontaneous awareness of our brand. So have they heard of? I don't know ServiceNow, for example. Then we'll track prompted awareness if they haven't. So you know, do you know that ServiceNow exists and you know whatever. Then there's, do you know what they do? Uh, what's the familiarity with them and their their portfolio, for example? And then there's preference. So if you were looking for a solution like this, would you choose you know ServiceNow? Would you choose someone else? So previously, marketers have done that across a market. So they might interview buyers, you know, again, across utilities or across financial services or uh, in Singapore or in Australia. But what what we're seeing is that people are doing that within accounts. And actually, uh, ABM started as client-centric marketing in, in Accenture in 2002. And they always did a brand study in the account before they created a plan because they wanted to understand how they needed to shift their reputation um, from where it was today among all the important stakeholders to where they needed it to be. So really, that's a measure of if there's, let's say there's 10 or 50 or 500 really important stakeholders in an account, depending on the size of the account, you know, your geographic scope, you need to get to them and say, you know, do you know who we are? Do you know what we do? Do you do? You, do you know what we've done for you? You know, if you were buying something like this in the future, would you consider us? Would you choose us? Do you prefer us? It's those kinds of questions. And I mean, ITSMA does a lot of this brand research. Uh, and, and, you know, there are other agencies that do it all around the world too. So if you're not doing that now, I would recommend that you start to think about how you're positioned in these important accounts and start tracking how, what people actually think of you. Because we talked about you know marketing and sales and attribution, and I think marketing does have a really big role to play in getting share of mind, in a, in an account.
1: Got it. Got it. That makes that makes sense. And and I mean it 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 really becomes applicable for those really big organizations that uh, that you in, in your one to one kind of uh, c- category. So uh, I, I appreciate that. Last thing that I want to ask you is where are we going from here? So what's I know you have a new book that is coming out, uh, and I'd love to uh, touch on that as well. And uh, and and also, what what do we have? What do you think is in store for ABM going forward?
2: Good question. So uh, the new, the second edition of the Practitioners Guide to ABM is coming out in June, um, so next month uh, as we're talking today. And it's been interesting looking at well, what has changed since 2017, and what's continuing to change. And I think. I've touched on this already. I think ABM will continue to revolutionize the way we think about B2B marketing, you know, the way it influences industry marketing or or field marketing in a country or a region. Uh, We'll continue to see that changing. More and more people are choosing ABM as a career. So they're going in and, you know, starting as as a, a kind of junior in a team and working their way right up to running global programs. We're seeing more of that. We're seeing you know, competence models and frameworks being built in companies to recognize that this is a a career path or a specialism within marketing. I think we'll continue to see a global kind of alignment around ABM. So companies that are global sort of deploying it around the world and, and working out that balance of, you know, centralization, localization. Um, and building centers of excellence to enable people doing ABM around the world. So that's continuing. Tech will continue to evolve. And I think that's really exciting because I think the promise of one-to-many ABM, we're, we're, we're sort of there, but we could get so much better at this when, when people are harnessing AI, building out their AI platforms uh, and ABM platforms. And Demand Base and Sixth Sense really wants to watch in that area, I think. The other thing with with the use of AI is that we can actually be more intelligent in the way that we're doing ABM at scale uh, and make it a little bit less like just marketing to accounts, throwing campaigns out to accounts. So that will be an interesting one to watch. And I think the final thing I'd say is this idea of orchestrating the organization around an account. You know, that's that's what account managers tend to do. And I think marketers are playing a, an increasing role in supporting that for key accounts. And that's bringing in things like the customer success team, customer experience team, digital teams, and making sure that everyone that's touching the people in that account are, are aligned. So I think we'll continue to see that kind of grow.
1: Exciting, exciting and excited. No, thank you so much for that. Bev, before I have a few rapid questions that sure. I want to I want to shoot at you, but before we do that, is there anything else related to what we've just talked about and the areas that we covered that you think I didn't ask or I should cover that uh, that maybe the audience will uh, will benefit from?
2: You know, I think the one thing I would say is I've I've been in this game quite a while now, and I've seen people that get into account based marketing. Their careers just rocket, you know, and a lot of them are running global programs now or they are chief marketing officers or they're head of marketing for a region. It's a really good place to uh, to be. So if you haven't done a stint in ABM, I'd recommend everyone just has a go and does it.
1: I, 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 I agree with you. And I think there is an element of there is a bit of a gap there and therefore, one can really shine and, and the competition is not as heavy as uh, some of the other areas. So uh, that's yeah. that's a great point. Now, let's go through rapid questions. The first thing that I want to ask you is what is one resource? It could be a book. It could be a blog, podcast, talk, whatever it is that fundamentally change the way you work or live.
2: Yeah, it's it's a TED talk from Stephanie Sinclair, who started in a tech company, I think, in the 60s uh, in in the UK. She used to call herself Steve Sinclair so that she could get sales meetings with customers. And she built a company, sold it. She was philanthropic, she still is, and she's she's very inspiring. So if you haven't seen Stephanie Sinclair talk or do her TED talk, that's definitely one to look at. It really, really, really moved me.
1: Thank you very much for that. We'll definitely put that in the uh, show notes. Number two is, if you could give one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be?
2: I think, you know, make sure that you're data savvy, that you're using data. But the other thing that has worked for me in my career is get out and spend a day with your customers because there's nothing like shadowing a customer. I mean, when I went to Fujitsu, I just spent the day with a bunch of CIOs, you know, different days, obviously. And I really understood what their life was like um, by living it with them. So that would be my advice.
1: Yes, very true, very true. Number three, what what are some of the influences that you follow in the marketing space?
2: Well, I've got two that are my favourites, if you like. Scott Brinker, who is chiefmartech.com, and his uh, wonderful analysis of what's going on in the Martech space um, all the time. And my other favourite is Tom Fishburne, who is the marketoonist, who is just hilariously funny, but also gives us a perspective of how silly some of these buzzwords, as we, <laughs> we were talking about at the beginning of the show, you know, can be, and some of the practices and how he gives us a real... Uh, perspective on not to take ourselves too seriously as marketers, I think.
1: And I think we do that some maybe too often. And uh, and then after a while, people are like, "Why were we doing that? Like, what was the point of that?" I'm not going to name anything right now, but uh, there is a <laughs> list that I can go through. Last thing, last thing is, what is something that excites you about B2B today?
2: I think some of the talent we've got coming in and watching that talent. I still do a lot of training and a lot of mentoring, and I just love working with the people that are excited about coming into B2B marketing. I think technology has has served us well through the pandemic. I think it will serve us well as we look ahead and look at, try and deal with the climate issue. Uh, so getting into B2B tech in particular, I think is a, a, just such an exciting place to be. And there's some great people coming in now.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Bev, Thank you so much for that. I very much enjoyed this conversation. There was a lot of insight that, that that you shared and I'm sure a lot of the listeners would enjoy it as well. So thanks again for, for coming on the podcast and uh, looking forward to uh, to the next one.
2: Thanks very much, Shaheen.
0: Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing the pod with a friend. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks again for all the support. and We're looking forward to seeing you again in the next one.